Hello, this is Joel once again, doing a podcast once again. Kind of freewheeling, but a little bit more structured now. I was talking about how I can start making um, some some uh, triggers and and uh, and song things that I can do with this this R twenty four player that I got, and so. I finally gotten to the point where I've have some things ready. All the stuff I have here is that stuff that I've written myself. Um, I also uh, was thinking since I'm gonna probably be doing this podcast mostly in the car, I might have an idea of the name. I think it's gonna be something like Drive or uh, Driven, um, but I'm not 100% sure yet. So it's still gonna be Joel's podcast. But here we go with some introductory music, and also I can change the effects of my voice. So, we are about to start Joel's Podcast. Today's podcast has special guest Sarah Franklin once again um, here to possibly do a bunch of sitting and, and smiling instead of actually talking, but still here nonetheless, inspiring me, helping me to go on. But actually, there is going to be uh, a time when I might uh, interview her, uh, and we might just start talking about nitrites and stuff like that. All right, all right. Um, that was that was that was tough. Maybe you know I'm going to have to start uh, thinking about certain things that I should be saying. But I think that that'd be the general idea. I'd say the title, and then I would say my guest. I think that's also going to be part of it. I'm going to have um, half of the podcast be me. These podcasts are going to range around a half hour, 25 minutes to a half hour. The first half will be me solo. Um, I'm sure I will end up getting that kind of uh, uh, figured out, you know, like a format or whatever. And then the second half will be an interview with whoever it might be. Um, I'll probably start off by calling my uh, friends, brothers, sisters, and... uh, my wife here has has um, surprised me by by volunteering to be a guest two times now. Um, she's she uh, she you know I thought she was a little shy about it. Thought maybe she was a little uncomfortable with the process, but I guess now she's kind of liking it. So we'll hear her when when um, hopefully in the second half of this podcast we'll actually hear her talk. Um. <laughs> She she is in the room right now and she's she's laughing because yeah I'm I'm just being a little tough on her. So did you like that effect? Check it out. Check it out again. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Um, now this is not the only effect I can do. Uh, let me change back up to normal. There are lots of effects I can do. Um, let's start off with this one. This could be definitely fun for something in the future. How are you doing today? This one makes my voice really low. This one makes my voice really high. This one makes it all wavy. Uh, hangover. And then back to settings. It's a, there's a lot of presets, but there's also some. Uh, just uh, general things you can mess with, like reverb and uh, um, delay and whatnot. So, the one I was using was called Tunnel. That is my introductory tunnel 
sound effect. Yes, it makes it sound quite official. All right, so let's uh, let's get off of that. So that'll be something fun in the future. I'm having a lot of fun with this thing, uh, and I'm glad that I'm finally able to start getting used to it. Uh, I had a point today where I was a little worried that I couldn't um, get it to work, uh, but I I was I uh, figured it out with a little workaround. You see, I um, need to be able to record my voice while also doing all these things. And the only way that you can uh, um, manipulate these things and record a mix down at the same time is to to go to the master um, and and press and put record on the master and then and then um, record all the 24 tracks at once going on so um, you'd be able to do that but then I, I can't put record on anything else so then I won't be able to record my voice at the same time so instead what I have done is taken the two output tracks and put them into input tracks and uh, then put it into a, in a track to record on its own. And so then I would be able to hence record a mix down without having to use the, uh, the mix down track. I'll just, uh, I'll just record it into two inputs on my R24, which has eight inputs already, eight um, XLR and quarter inch inputs. So that is fun. Alright, so um, so I also got things I can trigger, like loops, like that song, that was triggered. Um, I could trigger it again, so you can see, I can bring it up at any time. Uh, the opening music, and like I said, I've written all this stuff. It's um, actually, I haven't written anything particularly for the podcast, but I have um, made these before, and I a lot of instrumental pieces on this actual in, um, piece of equipment. And uh, I have yet to really use them for anything. Um, but I've been enjoying doing instrumental. And I'm going to have an instrumental song that's going to um, take us from from one section of the podcast to another. Uh, so, so we'll get to that too. It's pretty fun to listen to all the technical workings of this all. So... Um, <clears throat> Another thing, uh, I guess, would be that um, I think this is the first time uh, I, I uh, Chris, Chris and I were are gonna do some sort of reply type thing, maybe, but I'm not really sure. But I think I'm just gonna keep going with these podcasts, and and, and we'll figure it out down the road. I haven't seen a second one from Chris yet, but I got two more. I popped out, and I think that's probably because of the ease of just uh, turning on a microphone and talking. It's probably easy to more easy to pop them out that way. Um, and uh, so so I got a few other. Uh, the second podcast was a. Well, hopefully you've listened to it. Uh, Sarah came the first time, but that was the last podcast before I've had all these nice effects. So this is technically podcast three, I believe. Anyways, I got Sarah here and Ada. Um, I had, uh, today's my day off. Uh, I have two days off a week. (laughs) Um, you know, some, sometimes, uh, it seems like, like I never have any time off, but I, I can say I have the two days off. Um, and, uh, they are Tuesdays and Saturdays at the moment. So it splits the week pretty well. Um, 
uh, there's, you know, it doesn't take long before there's a day off. So I got that going for me. Um, so, so usually the days still are pretty early. I mean, instead of waking up at five today, I woke up at six thirty. Um, I had forgot to take the cat out or actually lock the cat into the bathroom because if we do not lock the cat into the bathroom in the middle of the night, she will get up at five, six in the morning and start meowing on our daughter's door. She will do this until she gets up, and then when she gets up, uh, Sarah gets up. And so, once that happens, she gets food. That's that's what she wants, food. And so she'll disturb all her sleep for that. Even if we give her the food in the night, though, she still does it. Yeah, even if we give her the food in the night, she'll still do it. Um, she's, she's basically just a, like usual cats, just a selfish cat. Um... <laughs> You know, just uh, all, all she's thinking about is her next meal, and uh, so she doesn't give a shit about anyone. Uh, she doesn't know what what uh, stress she's bringing on us. She just knows that if she wakes up Sophie, she will get food eventually. I think, well, she's definitely gotten, like, we, we're not the best to her. I mean, we've, we've definitely uh, abused her, but she's just kind of one of those type of cats that, you just uh, like asks for it all the time. <laughs> she's she's always just um, doing like annoying things. She's uh, uh, and 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 yet you know doesn't seem to ever get the lesson that uh, we are gonna kick her ass when she does something. It just it drives us mad because they're just so annoying. Like for instance, waking us up early. I've I mean I've chased her. I actually got one point where I had her on. I was holding her by by the haunch in her neck or whatever that loose skin in her neck, and I held her up because I was so pissed at her. And she she made this like, you know, like weird like I'm gonna die face, and she started peeing. Like she started peeing right there, and I I dropped her, and then she she ended up staying in that like a stiff position for probably thirty seconds. She's just in the stiff position. I'm like, oh my god, I killed her. She just was like, with her mouth all wide open and her teeth, and then all of a sudden, thirty seconds, she flips up and gets on her feet and runs away. And I was like, oh my god, and and in a way that was kind of annoying what she did too. <laughs> I mean, I mean it. I felt good that I didn't kill her, but but uh, quickly turned back to feeling annoyed by that goddamn cat. So, anyways, um, so now, uh, so the first section I would say is done. Um, probably, probably I'll start having some sort of format, some sort of like I'm thinking something like news or something like like a theme or so, something that will start happening. But until then. Um, this is what we got. So I'm going to go uh, transition over to the next piece. And I want you to hear uh, a song to transfer over to.
All right, we are back, and Sarah's here ready to talk. Now, she was saying something about um, talking about nitrites. Um, we'll see what goes on uh, with it, but, um, you know, I don't I don't know if we're going to fill in all this time with nitrites. You know, we'll just talk about whatever, whatever comes to mind. So either way, nitrites. Um, if anyone hasn't heard about nitrites, uh, what I know about them is that they show up in uh, a lot of preserved meats like uh, bologna, um, uh, pe pepperoni, um, uh, jerky and stuff like that. So it's, uh, usually really salty meats, uh, and nitrites is, uh, I guess a preservative sodium nitrite. So Sarah's quickly take, taking a break and I'll, I'll stop until she's back. All right, we're back. And, um, uh, Sarah has got a book called food that harm, foods that harm and foods that heal. It's a great book reference book for basically any sort of nutritional facts kind of well-rounded facts about food okay, so and, pork. and nutrients and whatnot they say uh pork yeah sure pork. okay so tonight we had um what is it pulled pork we had pulled pork i i uh i made you know kind of an offer that i said that i probably could find a quick dinner from the store um, but I had to find something healthy and, uh, Sarah said there, there's no way you're going to be able to find something healthy that we can cook for us for dinner, like, like ready made, whatever, you know? And, uh, and so I, I kind of took the challenge to that and I couldn't find anything. It was all like, um, frozen foods that had, were full of crap, uh, um, uh, chicken that was raised with you know bad meat um probably like sarah would say hormones and uh and whatnot and antibiotics so um either way i i ended up getting some pulled pork um in, in a ready-made thing and i thought well you know it has high fructose corn syrup in it but it, it but it doesn't seem to have nitrites in it or whatever um but but it ended up being you know pretty bad i mean it's 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 like a it's like a food-like product, um, you know, especially things with tons of sauces over it. I mean, it's basically like you just got to get the t kind of a texture of pulled pork and then uh, and then just slather it with, with uh, barbecue sauce. So either way, Sarah, you were talking about um, the pork. You're saying it has uh, the problem. Like the, the, one of the drawbacks of porks is um, that when it's cured, it has nitrites in it, which... Uh, can cause cancer it's known to cause cancer so um then the other thing is right here and i'll read it out nitrites and nitrates the reddish pink color of cured meat is due to the presence of nitrites chemical compounds that enhance the effect of salt by inhibiting bacterial growth and slowing fat oxidative oxidation critics claim that nitrite should be banned because it combines with animal uh animal amino acids during cooking and digestion to form cancer-causing nitrosamines. What's more, nitrite itself causes uh, tumors in laboratory animals that consume it in very high doses. But the meat industry and the government insist that nitrite should be retained because it's ex extremely effective against Clostridium uh, botulinum uh, botulism. Um, maybe. I don't know. It do doesn't look like it. there's an S in it. Oh. The microorganism that contains bot botulin poisoning or uh, botulism. They also uh, point out that only about a fifth of the nitrites that form nitrosamines come from meats. 
the arrest are formed in the body from nitrites and various plant foods. Um, the uh, bot botulinum thrives in oxygen-free surroundings, and the spores survive long boiling. If the vacuum-packed or canned meats are allowed to reach 50 degrees Fahrenheit, any spores present may develop into active bacteria that produce a lethal toxin. Uh, botulin toxin is destroyed at temperatures about 160 degrees Fahrenheit, but cold cuts are not usually cooked before eating, and even a baked or boiled ham may not be cooked long enough to reach a high enough temperature in the center. So anyways, um, that is chemicals in food for you. Um, a lot of times there is proven cases where things in foods actually do cause cancer, but they will keep them in there because they um, so serve such a, uh, a strong health purpose. Um, so it's, it's interesting because, I mean, it's not, no, not many people know that, you know, uh, it's, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's deceiving. I mean, I, I was just listening to an NPR thing talking about chemicals and, um, and products and, and, uh, there's, they've really fought the EPA on, on, uh, challenging chemicals. They, um, have basically, I don't know if it's some legal thing or maybe they're backing or they, they just have, you know, just too much power. But uh, the chemical industries um, are very seldom challenged. They, there's only like five chemicals in the last or ever that have gotten um, uh, rejected or, or banned or whatever. And uh, I can't remember, but the, the one they particularly said was asbestos. Uh, that was one of the few that ever did. Uh, but most things are not even, not even uh, challenged. Um, so... So it's just something to be aware of, you know, be, try, try to be conscious. It's, it's funny. Have, have you ever seen like certain products like we'll say on the label, like if, if they happen to have a label that they, they use for, you know, international or national um, stuff, they probably will have labels that have warnings for particular states. And so one, once in a while you'll get something that says um, in California known to cause cancer, you know, like, like as if okay i'm in new york state so i guess this won't cause cancer so it's basically some weird weird thing where legally in the united states they don't confirm or not that it causes cancer but i guess in california they do you know so i don't know what do you what do you think about that sarah bureaucracy is yeah. it uh i mean is it just kind of uh like do you... well it just makes me feel like i can't trust anybody yeah. That's what I feel. I feel like I can't go to the grocery store mm -hmm. without buying something that's bad for us. <laughs> yeah, and um, and I mean, I, I I have no idea if I mean there's there's so much like it's it's so hard to know because I mean there's also part of me that just is kind of like uh, the stress that it causes to to be aware of all that stuff is going to harm you more than not eating the stuff. Yeah. But um, maybe not. But but still, it does cause a lot of stress because it's like knowledge. Sometimes you know, knowledge is power, but it's also like knowledge kind of opens up a lot of deception and uh, and stuff that that like that that a lot of people just aren't aware of. 
And uh, so especially with the internet nowadays and on all these people that are educated and, and more trying to get informed about it, it just seems to be uh, more difficult to be able to keep secrets, keep keep things... Um, in the magazine today, I'm reading about the calves. They were talking about the um, videotaping that goes on on farms. Uh-huh. And it's a state-by-state state thing. Some farms don't let people videotape anymore. There are certain rules about how to do it. And um, Is there laws that, that make it so that they can't stop someone from videotaping? There are laws you have to report what you videotaped within 12 hours, you know, things like that to try to prevent, protect the farm. Okay. And, you know, that you're not allowed to videotape without permission that kind of thing but in some states it's the other way around well some states uh, people are still doing it so they go on without and, and it's actually the thing that's changing farming is is people going on farms and showing these hor- horrific things that are happening to animals and then and there's the animal rights people you know and it's uh yeah it's a good thing I mean, yeah i mean good this, this, this kind of continues from that last thing like like i was saying technologies are starting to to become more friendly to animals so it's really i mean there there is uh i mean it's it's especially beneficial with the dairy farm because because cows when you treat them better they they give you better production so um so so it's to your benefit to treat a cow better uh, but it's not always the same that that's not always true in um, farming like like chickens for for instance mm-hmm. they could just stack on top of each other for for stretches and uh, and fit thousands of chickens in a small area and uh, and and the chicken can can pretty much produce at the same level that they produce you know in the other times but uh, but a cow if you do that to them they're they're gonna be like, uh, definitely stressed out and they're not going to perform as well and you're going to you're going to hurt from it so so either way they're going to have uh, these automatic milkers which which now the cows can be milked whenever they feel like it and so they'll be trained to, to um, you know when they feel the the urge because because when they their bags fill up they want to be milked they uh, just like um, Sarah I mean what's the kind of feeling when you let down you know or before let down like like before so or ada ada drinks you out you know like does it feel does it feel painful does it feel like swelling or swollen sure yeah does it hurt does it hurt the skin it can does it i mean it's just it's uncomfortable it right hurt the skin it hurts it doesn't hurt it just feels like you want to get empty is it uncomfortable yes like like to the point like it's painful almost yeah not painful yeah. It's not painful. But it could become painful if you don't get it, get it right. I mean, you, you could get things like mastitis or clogged ducts. Right, right, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so either way, yeah, it, it's uncomfortable, and so they'll want to get milked. So they'll go and they'll get milked by this thing that just uh, detects their udders and then choop, sucks up. They call it the robotic milk, milkers. Now, they're really expensive, but um, it's kind of technology that, that I mean, obviously it – takes away the milker element to it which i think sounds a lot more peaceful because those milkers have to work 24 7 you know it's it's a constant thing just putting the cows through over and over and over again and and it's just 24 hour 24 7 milking going on um 
and in this case it'll take that out of it and also it'll be a little more natural because the cow won't have to go from its pen to a parlor parlors where you have the milk machines and then back which is stressful they'll just have they'll just be where they eat and then they'll just walk to the milker whenever they feel like it and then they'll go back to uh where they live their 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 uh place their room their 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 cell <laughs> what, do you, what do you what do you call it their pen i guess yeah jeez I, I guess I just just kind of at the same time just kind of how how it feels it is kind of like a like a cell you know I mean it, it, can you really consider it like their pen their room their uh, their nice little quarters that I mean they basically got a row of each pen has a row of uh, fifty stalls all in a row and they just lay down next to each other and uh, and then they walk up to eat and then they lay down <laughs> that's that's their life. <laughs> Um, so we're actually coming, coming close to the end of this one, but, uh, I thought that, w that was interesting. It looks like, um, there's a lot, you know, with, with Sarah, maybe she's my animal welfare expert, or, or at least she's really gung-ho on it. And it's a good thing to talk about. It's a good thing to be aware about every time you're eating meat, every time you're drinking milk, every time you're taking any product, eating eggs, anything from a animal product, um, there is an animal that that uh, could either be treated well or, or an animal that could be um, uh, exploited to a very, very extreme extent. Um, so just, yeah, be aware. Be aware. All right, Sarah, any last words before you head out? Peace out. Peace out. Okay, so we're coming towards the end of our podcast. I have another piece for you, and uh, here we go. This podcast was brought to you by the loving electricity of Manmoser Farms. Sing it, Ada. Let's hear it, Ada.